morning, good afternoon, and good evening, all you Cowboys and Cowgirls out there. I'm your host, Ryan Nozinski, joined here, as always, by my co-host, Sadiq Tuma. Today, we're going to be breaking down Oklahoma State versus Kansas and previewing that matchup this weekend. We got football again this weekend, Sadiq. We are we are weeks into the season, obviously. Um, outside of that Tulsa game, uh, which, which was sort of the first sort of glimpse of COVID-era football, there's been no hindrances, it seems like. And, and obviously, you see the things going on with the Titans right now in the NFL. How relieved are you a couple weeks into the season knowing we, we are, I guess, full steam ahead? Yeah, I mean, it looks great for OSU, definitely. And, you know, for all colleges that are just kind of going forward, obviously, there are some post uh, some postponements here and there. But overall, it's just great to have football back. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, and and sort of a an odd game this weekend. You got you got OSU Kansas as it always is. You know, in years past, it seems like it would have been sort of a blowout, right? Um, just in 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 the past, I'd say ten years or so, Kansas has been a Como City say dumpster fire, right? <laughs> uh, and and it's it's not something you can, it's not a team you can rely on. Um, and last year there were some glimpses of greatness, right? You you saw like with with the the play of Puka, the um, coaching of Les Miles. Uh, the promotion of their new offense coordinator, and things like that. You have a better Kansas team, I guess, but it's still a Kansas team nonetheless. So let's talk about this Kansas team and 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 sort of the what OSU fans and what OSU can expect coming into this matchup. Let's start a little bit with Puka Williams, obviously a very quick running back, right? Yeah. Um, a, a guy who who does it a little bit of everything for them. He he pat, he catches some passes, uh, lines up as a receiver, um, can be a great receiving back, but also let's let's not discount his abilities as just a running back in general too. That's his strongest suit. He is their number one guy, and he's a guy that, that does a tremendous job for the Jayhawks. And he's probably their best player, right? Yes. Like you talked about, he's first and foremost a great running back, right? That should not be forgotten. And their power uh, power runs, their RPOs, they love Puka. He He's almost built like a wide receiver, too, <laughs> so it only makes sense to put him out there, right? But he's got the skill set for it. He can catch the ball when he's lined up a receiver. He can catch out of the backfield. They use him in a bunch of different ways. They run him off jet sweeps. They get him in creative situations. They just line him up out wide and just throw to him, right? He's giving you that sort of versatility. And he's like, he's the engine for this team, definitely. Uh, but, you know, they have a second running back, obviously, Velton Gardner, who's starting to emerge. And I think on the season through two games, Velton Gardner has 24 carries. Puka Williams has 25. This is becoming more of an even split backfield. But that doesn't mean Puka Williams really being scaled back, per se. They use a lot of, a lot of plays where they have both guys on the field, right? And that, if you're Kansas with, you know, the lack of weapons and O-line and everything, that gives you, you know, it maximizes your talent, right? And that's kind of their scheme. And, I mean, they still have a fullback, right? Yeah. That'll tell you a lot. That's Our run, that, baby. <laughs> right. That's, that's the way they run. I've said their offensive coordinator loves the RPOs. He runs on those uh, plays. And Puka Williams is a great running back. And, he's like, you talked about some of the traits. What I love is the vision, right? Like, he is incredible. He just sees things and his cuts, his start-stop ability, and his ability to just turn, you know, 90 degrees mm -hmm. and burst, like, as if he's just running a straight line. To me, it's incredible. It's like, I don't know if I've really seen that from another back. Yeah, I ha I haven't either because um, this is what I noticed. I, I guess in the past couple of years, definitely in this Oklahoma State matchup, uh, Puka Williams would just run run all over the field, and he wouldn't do it in just lateral type of ways. Yeah. He would do it in in these juke type of moments, in these in these misdirections, and in uh, just just in these different cuts that he has in his arsenal. And and then after that, after these cuts, it's literally like a bullet firing out of a gun. Yeah. He is fast as oh, he heck. Is definitely oh fast. my goodness! And and you talked about the power run game. 
mixing in that power run scheme with this quickness from Puka Williams and and he's got a little bit of strength too for sure. sure. Um and and like you said, man, the Kansas Jayhawks, they have two really solid running backs. Uh uh Velton Gardner too is is definitely coming into his own for for this Jayhawks team and and I and I wonder how this defensive line for OSU, how this lineback, how these linebackers can do against, you know, maybe a, a guy like Amen, who's a little bit more, um, not really a pass rusher per se, but but he's a guy that can that can be be good at, at stopping these runs, and and uh, two with the defensive line like like Cameron Murray, Brendan Evers, uh, guys that are stepping into their own here. I wonder what's going to happen uh, with this defensive line going up against this these two really solid running backs. Yeah, last year it was like you go into season and the secondary was clearly the strength, right? Mm-hmm. Your pass rush a little bit. Uh, well, pass rush kind of struggled last year, but that was kind of your mo, right? The the pass game, right? Defending the pass right. game, but. To end the year, you saw, okay, the run defense really getting better. Right. This year, the run defense to me is like lights up. Solid. Even though Letty Brown, you know, ran for 100 plus yards, when you saw the penetration that the defensive mm-hmm. line was getting, where they should have pulled down Letty Brown for negative four yards, two yards, one yard, zero yard, you love that, right? That's that's the mark of a great run mm-hmm. defense. And it's that you can get not just penetration and block shed and get in for the defensive linemen, but that they can play contain, force cutbacks to straight to Malcolm Rodriguez mm-hmm. and Amen, right? surefire tackling linebackers that's how you function as one front seven to bring down to you know play to play elite run defense and i think against a suspect kansas line we'll just use the word suspect i think this line and this d line is going to flourish once again because they're already showing they're great right you got trace ford you got brendan evers who's you know now been promoted to starting line just because of how good they are right Mm -hmm. israel antoine cameron murray trial Lacey. you got all these guys who are great and then you got backups on backups right you could go three deep legitimately because they're that they're that talented, right? Think about this. Tyrant Irby, the guy who got that <laughs> fumble return touchdown, was on the third line. He wasn't even listed on the depth chart. Right. That just shows you how talented these guys are and deep. And I, you you keep on rotating guys in. Not only do you bring in more talented guys, you can keep guys fresh, right? Because you bring in a guy and you leave him 90% on the field, eventually he gets tired, right? He doesn't play to the same level the entire game. You have that advantage. And also, depth, competitiveness breeds diamonds. And these guys are just getting better and better. I think when people look at our show, okay, they're they're gonna see the name Deep in the Novo. It should be called Deep in the Defensive Lino because <laughs> this defensive line we talk about every week, and I, and I and I feel like you could talk about them for hours. I definitely, definitely can, days even, because this is a this is a unit that I literally think if you put four like if you draw names out of a hat, you put four random guys out there, you have a solid starting defensive line. Yeah. I'm talking Brock Martin. I'm definitely. talking Israel Antoine, who is a starter. Let's talk about yeah. it like that. He is a He's starter. Any- Played great last year. Yeah, it's interchangeable with between him and Brendan Evers now. And you know, shout out Brendan Evers coming out from an injury, yeah. um, and and not knowing if he was even going to play football this year after during that rehab process, being able to go through the, all that adversity, coming here now, earning that starting job back, and or having it for the first time rather. And and this is such a what a story from him and the rest of this defensive line. You obviously got guys like Trace Ford, um, who I, and I think all these guys, Tyler Lacey gonna have field days against this Kansas offensive line who like you alluded to oh my gosh they are shoddy at best I mean you, yes they have a they have a lot of intricate run schemes they have a lot of uh, intricate power run schemes but my goodness if Puka Williams was on a, a line like the one at Alabama he'd be the, one of the top rushers in the country oh no doubt and this is crazy about this D-line considering Colin Clay Jaden Jernigan are not even playing, right? Yeah. Have not played a snap, and they likely will not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about Jaden Jernigan, but Colin Clay is obviously out for the season. But you just look at that, and you think, man, 
wow, look how deep this slide <laughs> is, right? Like, you imagine they're probably four deep before those two guys go mm-hmm. out, right? You bring in guys like Sione Asi, you bring in Fafana. Uh, yep, there you go. <laughs> Tui Halamaka. There you go. And he didn't even play the first game. Played didn't play. Like played some snaps yeah. second game. And that's just crazy, right? Think about how many guys you have, how deep you are all over. It's just talent all over. All over the, the unit there. Um, and, and like you said, three deep, um, which you really, you look at three deep and you're, you're like, okay, you know, there's a guy that's third down in, in either the secondary or, or in the cornerback's position or the wide receiver position. And it's obviously a guy that you could still say, okay, yeah, he'll, he'll get some reps out there. But this is a defensive line who, who uh, obviously, you know, the way they run it, they they have that um, they have four four men up four men up there, and they change it up a little bit too. And these are four solid guys. Whoever you put out there, um, and and in just just scenario wise too, obviously Calvin Bunnage, that pass rusher role. Um, there's some other guys there that that can really just do a little bit of everything and and have specialty roles, but. My goodness, what a what a unit this is, and and I wonder how they will do against this Kansas team. Um, but speaking of this Kansas team, let's talk a little bit about what else is in their backfield. Let's talk about Jaden Daniels. Let's talk about the uh, Jade uh, Jalen <laughs> Daniels. I'm thinking of a little bit of Arizona State right there. Um, let's talk about what he can do. He's a young guy. He's a he's a freshman quarterback, true freshman, but he's also very smart, very intelligent, very quick thinking, very quick release. And I know you're gonna mention it. The quick arm, strong arm. Let's hear about it. <laughs> Jalen Daniels, no J- Jaden. But no, I I really like him, but not in the fact of, oh my God, he's so great. Yeah. It's just what he could be, right? Yeah. He has so much raw ability. It's very raw. Even the intelligence, you know, the decision-making, it's very sure. raw and porous. Is is He has a lot to work with his accuracy, mm-hmm. his decision-making, his mechanics. They're all very, yeah. But like, yeah. when I see him, I see a very, very, very poor man's Lamar Jackson. Exactly, because yeah. Because he's got the same body type. You see a lot of the same plays where he'll make some crazy play. He'll duck through a defender, make throw a perfect pass mm-hmm. on the run. You know, you know, jump out of like four blitzers, and the next play he'll just throw a very stupid ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very boneheaded mistakes. And you, you with him, you've got like like Lamar Jackson, that sort of body type, but mm-hmm. also not speed per se. But yeah. he's got that sort of snap quick acceleration where he gets off, he just looks like a wide receiver mm-hmm. just running off where there's not like a, okay build up of speed mm-hmm. like most quarterbacks do, right? Then you got the arm, which is amazing. Like it's, I saw Zach Smith's arm. I was like, wow. But then you see this guy's arm, yeah. and you're like, oh my god. Like <laughs> it's just like a rocket. It looks, the spiral looks beautiful. His release is awesome, and that works perfectly with the RPOs they run. That the amount of RPOs they mm-hmm. run, and that whole skill set, that dual threat nature, I think works well with what Kansas is doing. And overall, this looks like a guy who can develop into something down the future. But if nothing else, he's just eye candy, right? Yeah. I I like when I say that he's exciting. I really like him. I don't think he's really gonna. Markable. I don't think he's really no. gonna puncture himself or puncture this OSU team and really win a game or do mm-hmm. anything crazy. But like he's gonna make some plays here and there that are just exciting to watch, right? He's just a guy that you're kind of excited for. And I feel like Kansas, after probably having six quarterbacks in a competition, yeah. if you have six quarterbacks in a competition, you got something wrong. <laughs> but this guy looks like, although being very raw, he looks like someone who could emerge. And it's just gonna be nice to watch him, right? Just to see what he does. Exactly, yeah. And and I noticed la- so it was about halfway through the season, I believe, when when Kansas promoted their offense coordinator, uh, Les Miles promoted his offense coordinator, and that's the second you s- started to see some of these RPOs really run rampant with this team, right? Um, and and it's sort of become their identity, and and they've they've gotten a lot better with it. They, they they've gotten a lot a lot better as a result with it. And I feel like Jaden Daniel or Jalen Daniels, oh my goodness, is 
just a great quarterback for that, for yeah. all the reasons you just mentioned, right? Like the quick release and the strong arm is so important for these quarterbacks who are dealing with the RPO uh, game. You know, you have to be able to make those quick decisions, right? Am I going to hand it off or am I going to pass it? And if I pass it, it better be darn quick to, to be able to, to, be, to defeat those uh, cornerbacks from OSU. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of this is just raw and it's raw because it's he's a true freshman, yeah. but it is, like you said, there's, there's so many things that are exciting about him. And, and the fact that he has this arm strength right now as a true freshman is, is, is pretty uh, exciting to see. And arm strength doesn't necessarily always equate to just how far you can throw the ball. Sure. They go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. But arm strength really means the velocity in which you can throw, right? And you see it down the field when he throws those deep shots. He's got the strength to sure. make those throws from very difficult angles. He's, he's even got some sidearms here and there. He's got some... All the packages, oh my God, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also see, this is much like Lamar Jackson was at Louisville too, which is why the comparison even makes more sense, right? Like, oh, a very raw guy. But what he also does really well is, or what you'll see with the arm strength is the drive on the throws, right? To, to the curl routes on the outside when you're on the other side of the boundary almost, or, you know, the out routes. Those are, that's where the arm strength really shows up, where it's a very far throw, but it gets there like mm-hmm. in a snap of a finger, right? Because of that arm strength. Yeah, I mean, most definitely. Um, and and what do you think of these wide receivers? Because I, I oh, mean, yeah. I think that these there's some guys on this team. You, you talk about Stefan Robinson. You talk about uh, Kwame Lasseter, right? Yeah, you know, Kwame Lasseter is definitely a guy who's the, broken out. Yeah, <laughs> these are guys that that are going to be. I mean, pretty much top receivers in the Big Twelve. Uh, in terms of, I guess, like at the end of the year, you'll look at the stats. You'll see them near the leaders boards um, in that category. But I think, yeah, the way they attack these receivers um, and the way they're that they're able to to get the ball to these receivers, it's pretty fascinating because uh, I mean these are just weapons that that are able to do it. So I mean, what are your thoughts on on just these guys? Yeah, they're definitely a solid mm-hmm. group, right? You talk about Kwame Lasseter. He's a guy who's emerged this year as their ex receiver and also their leading receiver through these two games. Right. Andrew Parchman, I think Stefan Robinson might be hurt. He got hurt last game. Mm. I don't know what his status is. But you have a solid group uh, nonetheless, and it gives Jalen Daniels guys who we can really throw to and trust. But, you know, going up against this OSU secondary that shut down Tulsa, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a pretty solid – I would even venture say it's better than this group of wide receivers with Kansas, right? They shut down Tulsa for sure. And it's just like, oh, my God. Even West Virginia, Mm -hmm. on the outside, especially with Rodarius – and with uh, Jarek Bernard Converse and the way Tanner McAllister playing, even though they gave us some passes here and there, those slot guys are still good, right? Thomas mm-hmm. Harper. But, you know, the way the secondary is playing lights out right now. However good Kansas receivers are, it gives them definitely an advantage. But I think OSU still holds a major advantage with how good the secondary is playing right now. Yeah, I think so, too. Because, I mean, you just look at the game. You look at Rodarius Williams, the game he had last time out. Jarek Bernard Converse, the season that he's having. Um, and then just tackling in, uh, in general, too. Those are two guys that can get it done there. Um, and then, obviously, you got Thomas Harper. Uh, you even got Devin Harper throw, thrown in there. And and these are guys that will be able to shut down these Kansas wide receivers. Yeah. Um, because while, yes, three games in, you you look at some of these underrated wide receiver cores, right? You look at uh, what Sam James is able to do for West Virginia. You look at what TJ Simmons is able to do. You look at the Tulsa wide receivers. And, and yes, they are all very, very solid. Don't get me wrong. I'd say this Kansas group is probably the weakest of those three though, you know, right. and, and um, that's just a testament to those groups. Exactly. But. Yeah. Yeah. And those were two very underrated groups. Um, but then when you talk about what this secondary will be able to do, I mean, you look at what Rodarius had last time out. I think you might even see more of that, more, more of the same in this game. If they even throw to his side. Yeah, exactly. That's the tough thing, right? The thing with cornerbacks is you could really venture a mark of a great quarterback when 
teams decide not to throw to right. him anymore, right? Uh-huh. That's how you know you've made it as a cornerback, right? <laughs> That's when you re- re- uh, receive that Darrell Revis, let's call it Rodarius Island. Rodarius <laughs> Island, <laughs> baby. Rodarius That's Island. a headline, I think. Um, and and yeah, like you can't say a corner is dropped off in stats. They dropped off in stats. That's pay a good the, thing. Pay, pay the guy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if, he, if his tackles are going down, good. <laughs> Let them. But yeah, that's that's just what's so great about this uh, secondary. And you're right. It's like, how much are they even going to want to throw to them, right? Right. And, you know, Stefan Robinson's the great guy from the slot, but is he even going to play? Yeah. <laughs> it's like all these different question marks start to pile up, and you're like, okay, well, let's go in and OSU's favor for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, you also got like Andrew Parchman, too, a very quick receiver. Definitely. Uh, a guy that might be able to cause some hectic nonsense for the OSU Cowboys defense. But like I said, I don't, I don't want to have to go back to when we were talking about Eastern Kentucky. Okay. (laughs) It's Eastern Kentucky. This Kansas team has improved, but I mean, they lost to coastal Carolina. I I, I don't want to be the one to have to say that. No, I mean, that's, that that (laughs) itself is it, right? Like, I I don't know if I would even think they are improved because it's one thing West Virginia slams Eastern Kentucky, Mm -hmm. right? You could see the glimpses. You could see Letty Brown just, playing better you could see guys playing better right jared Day, all these guys but you don't see that with kansas especially with the stats sheet you see some guys who are solid you already knew they were solid and you see some guys here and there but overall like you're playing eastern <laughs> you're playing coastal carolina you're right. <laughs> like they're, they're, and you're already losing much there's, there's not much there. they got blown out by coastal carolina yeah like what the heck bonehead mistakes like what is Les miles's beef with with myrtle beach south carolina i, I don't get it I, I never will get it um but, you know, a, a major part of that maybe was this defense uh, for Kansas. And, and let's break that down a little bit. And maybe what what uh, I guess you can say, it'll be Spencer, it'll be Shane, whichever one it is. I, heck, even if it's uh, Ethan Bullock, I think he'll have a good game against this Kansas defense, who has some weapons. I will say that. Sure. But to that point, I mean, I'm, I'm not really <laughs> liking what I see out of, out of this Kansas defense as a whole. You know, you look at that front seven. Uh, it, and they also have some weird positions out there. Uh, tell us about some of these weird positions real quick. Yeah, I mean, every time you look at a Big 12 defense, you see these positions. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I wonder what that is. Yeah. Uh, they got a Jack over there, the Jack linebacker, who's essentially like what West Virginia ran with a bandit, sure. where he's almost a full-time defensive end. But then they have another one called a Hawk. Mm-hmm. And unlike West Virginia, who has a spear and a bandit and plays both of them at all times, West, uh, sorry, Kansas will kind of alternate between the two, right? The Hawk is kind of like an outside linebacker, an aggressive outside linebacker who plays a little bit more across the field, plays some safety, and that's kind of his build-up makeup. And they kind of alternate between the two. They play a lot more of the Jack uh, linebacker, and that's why they kind of run that 3-4, right, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see that Hawk out there. But overall, you're right. This this defense doesn't have a lot to Hood's name, right, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if there's one, you know, like little sliver that you want to pull out, it's that the run defense is better than their pass defense. Yeah. Right? And this is not like Charles Silver saying, oh, man, they got some elite run defenders <laughs> like Jackson Player and yeah. Saban Collins, right? It's you got some solid guys. You got mm-hmm. Sam Burt. I mean, right. he's, a guy, Burt, yeah. he's a guy that knows tackle position who, exactly. who can be a, a discounted version of that Saban Collins, right, right? where, where he can yeah. take on two responsibilities and, and really do some damage, damage for the Jayhawks defense. Yeah, he's great. You got Caleb Sampson. Mm-hmm. Drew Bro- Prox is a great tackler from that uh, Will linebacker position, right. outside linebacker. You got a couple guys here and there. And you got a lot of some inexperience at inside linebacker. Yeah. They play too deep, so they have some depth there uh, with guys like Gavin Potter, who's solid, very solid mm-hmm. in the second game against Baylor. But what you saw against Baylor, and this is what kind of is still somewhat mind-boggling, question mark, question mark, question mark to me. I don't know if 
this D-line is really good at run defense or Baylor's O-line was just horrendous. Because Hard to tell so far. <laughs> it's, it's just sometimes I just I really want to say Baylor's O-line's bad, really bad, because yeah. it felt like every single play they were getting blown up. And it was like, it wasn't even like, oh, this guy's going to push back and fall down. It was very simple, just, you know, little swipes from Sam Bird or Caleb Sampson or Malcolm Lee, and they would just get in the backfield on outside runs or sometimes pass, pass rush situations. Well, that's where I kind of say Kansas pass rush is not great. Secondary is okay because they didn't really get a lot of pressure there. Yeah. But with their run defense, it just felt like most plays you would look up after half a second of the D line and they already swiped down. We're, we're like headed for that running back. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's like I said, right. It, that's definitely better, but it's not like a, something to worry about per se, especially like as an OSU fan, you might think, Oh my God, Truba Hubbard's going to have another mm-hmm. tough day. I don't think it's going to be that at all. I just think that's, that's kind of the caveat here. It's that their run defense is better than their pass defense. And and it's a good test though. It's a, it's a good test because obviously last week you saw the West Virginia run defense, and I thought that was uh, phenomenal. Uh, you know, you got the Stills brothers up there. This one you have sort of a like you said a similar right. build to to what Tulsa had in Week One. You have that uh, three man front up 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 front for the defensive line. You have Sam Burt. You have Malcolm Lee. You have these guys that can do some damage on that defensive line for this run defense. Um, but also, you know, you look at sort of the resurgence of this offensive line and the way they were able to recover after last week um, and and the way that uh, L.D. Brown is running. I th- Do you think we'll see another good performance out of L.D. Brown? Do you think we'll see maybe another knockout performance out of him? Or, or uh, are you leaning more towards Chuba Hubbard's going to have that resurgent game? I mean, the way it is now, it's like both of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where I, I, like, I don't think L.D. Brown's a fluke. It one ounce of myself does not think no, LD Brown is. I don't either. I think his talent is legitimate. He's running like a different back. He's shaped mm-hmm. differently, and he's just running with a, his attitude is different. As we've heard from the coaches and players, everything is different. And I just think this might be the game. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard gets back to it because nothing is really stopping him except himself. Right? It's not the loaded boxes. It's not the. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a little big against Tulsa, but it's not that. It's it's himself, right? And if LD Brown's doing it, Chuba Hubbard can do it. That's that's the truth, right? Yeah. And yeah, you get it. Guys are honing in on Chuba Hubbard, but they're also honing in on those very talented receivers, of course. right? It's not always stacked boxes. And this is not just a premature offensive coordinator coach who don't know how to game plan against that stuff, right? They understand that. Sure. And if Chuba Hubbard, and I'll say this too, Chuba Hubbard doesn't have to have two 50-yard runs to have a successful game, right? If they're winning the game and the guys are stacking the box and he has 80 yards, 90 yards, 100 yards, and he keeps churning out first downs and keeps effectively running, then that's a success. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, that is all that matters. Um, and and I think this game you will see. You you mentioned the run defense, right? You mentioned that it could cause some problems. I mean, maybe that's a question of what what Baylor's offensive line is, and maybe this will be a way to see sort of a test to see how OSU's offensive right. line is as a unit, right? Um, to see how they can do against this Kansas team and and really start to mark these uh, Big Twelve offensive line rankings if if you so choose. Um, but. I would love to see what they do in the pass attack this game. You know, we don't really know who's going to be the quarterback right now, obviously. But what you do know is that these wide receivers are pretty darn good for OSU. No doubt. I think that if you start to, you know, obviously incorporate Dylan Stoner more into the pass game, incorporate Braden Johnson more into the pass game, um, obviously, Tylen Wallace speaks for itself against these Kansas corners. You you have uh, I believe it's uh, Kyle Mayberry, Kyle, Kyle Mayberry at, at the corner position. Uh, a couple yeah, other guys on the other yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. A couple other guys sprinkled in there. You know, some inexperience sprinkled in there. I think you're going to see a good game from this from this aerial attack, uh, depending on who's the quarterback out there. And actually, regardless of who the quarterback is out there, I think you'll see it. it it'll really depend on game flow for me because yeah, you're right. There's a lot of talented guys, but like, how is OSU going to want to play this right? Right. Because if they're up the 20, 10, 20, 30, 
they're just gonna run the ball, run right? the damn ball, run right? the ball, run the ball, run the ball. <laughs> They'll run it ten pl- ten straight plays, right? Even if you're third and long on the mm-hmm. fifty, you'll probably still run it because that's what you want to do to ensure no turnovers, no confidence breakdown, and get Shane Ellingworth in the best position, right? This is just the ideal situation. And OSU fans might not love that. It mm-hmm. might not be explosive. Might not be tiling. Oh my God! But you know, in the end, wins are wins, right? And that's yeah. what matters, especially because you're likely not going to go Shane Ellingworth full mm-hmm. force for the rest. Not even like you're almost most deaf. I'll ninety nine point nine percent. You're not putting Shane Ellingworth for the rest of the season unless Spencer Sanders were to get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the metric. But it's going to be interesting because it could take one Tylen Wallace bomb down the mm-hmm. field, right? It could take one Braden Johnson screen for 80 yards to, <laughs> you know, have these big games. Because that's an, not only the nature of how bad Kansas' defense is, but also how good these receivers are. Of course, yeah. And and it'll be uh, interesting to see it go down in Lawrence, Kansas this Saturday. Let me ask you this, okay? If there's something that, that sticks out to you on this Kansas team, or maybe just matchup-wise against this OSU team, that concerns you for this OSU team, that, that maybe could bode into Kansas getting an upset against the Cowboys, what do you think that is? What do you think the strong suit for this Jayhawks team going up against this OSU team is? Well, I'll say this. This is basically, in my head, the only way Kansas can really win. Because mm-hmm. you have a depleted defense, or not even depleted, but I don't depleted is not the word, word but, it's, but it is a negative word, uh, Yeah, uh, right? A, a suspect defense. <laughs> and then a explosive offense, or one that can be explosive, you and a defense that's this good, mm-hmm. the best way to really play it is to ti- win the time of possession game, mm-hmm. right? This is just the nature of football. This is how you can see a lot of upsets, right? Where you take Patrick Mahomes off the field, right? You take Aaron Rodgers off the field. The best way to defend attacks like that mm-hmm. against great offenses is keep them off the field. And Kansas is built for that, right? Yes. But they're talk about they're, the fullback, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but they're also not like an elite running team. That's sure. just their strength. But that's because they're they suck everything else, <laughs> right? You don't play in your. You're Frank. just gonna say it. Right. I was gonna say it. They. But that's that's how you win this game, right? If you could get that run game going, if you can keep Ola. Uh, OSU's D-line at bank, which is really hard to begin mm-hmm. with, and you can keep running the ball out, you can keep those RPOs, you keep time of possession on your side, you keep marching down the field, you know, getting points at the end, capitalizing on every drive if you're Kansas, and you keep running that ball out, and then on offense, and then on defense, you have to play it just enough, you have to win, make some stops, you have to hope OSU just degrades on offense just a little bit, and that's where you can steal a victory for Kansas. That's the only thing that would freak me out, right? If that, can't, if that run game starts... Speeding up because that was a concern early for me in West Virginia. I'm like, oh man, this this could be bad if this keeps keeping yeah. up, right? But OSU locked it down eventually. I don't think the same thing will happen because that for me against West Virginia, that was more of just L- LD uh, Letty Brown, <laughs> right, uh, being Letty Brown. I guess technically LD Brown, sure, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But for me, I don't think it's gonna happen with Kansas. But that's the one thing where I kind of not fear per se, but I could see it. I couldn't see it, but if it does happen, that's likely how it will happen. <laughs> that, and that's what and that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to get if there was a scenario right. where there's an upset where you see another one of these weird, 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 weird Big Twelve upsets, um, like what happened last week uh, down down with OU and Kansas State, like you saw with Kansas State, what happening with Arkansas State. You see all the yeah. I guess Arkansas State is uh, by transitive property better than OU. I guess right um, now, but. But you can see that happening, and I, that's why I wanted to get the perspective out of you on that. But let's get back to reality, okay? Let's we're back, we're back in the room. Let's talk about what your score predictions are. I'll go first, okay? I'm gonna go with Kansas is going to lose to OSU. Oh my god, forty-two. <laughs> Stop to the 14. presses. <laughs> forty-two to fourteen. I mean, I just 
I really don't see it out of this Kansas defense. I, I really think that this uh, this OSU offense, when you look at the way that they've been firing all, on all cylinders lately, when you look at the way the offensive line's been improving and whoever is that quarterback, um, and not even just the offense, I'm talking the defense too. It's going to be more so the defense than it is the offense because you have that ball control type of play style, because you have these two great running backs who, like you said with Kansas, can potentially, I'm not going to say run out the clock, but like you said, they're going to run it a whole heck of a lot. Um, and and they'll be able to run all over this uh, Kansas defense, despite having a pretty solid run defense. But even that, it just, th- some things, whenever you're bad in a lot of other things, one good thing that you're good at might illuminate. Sure. And it's like you said with the, uh, the run game on their offense for Kansas, it's the run defense on their defense uh, when, when it comes to that. Everything else is just really subpar and, so the things that are par and maybe a bit a bit a bit uh, above par just really stand out. So forty two fourteen for me. Mine it's forty seven because I I said that's Kansas's hope right mm-hmm. to run the ball out, but I don't think they can. Yeah. <laughs> because I just think this not only D line is way too talented, the linebackers, the safeties, Trey Sterling's playing out of his mm-hmm. mind as a run defender. Colby Harville Peel's always there. Tanner McAllister is a great tackler. You got all the elements of a great run defense, but not just the elements. You have the production. Yeah. And it, things are only going to get easier when you play Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Versus the last two offenses you played. And I think this defense is killing it. I think maybe there's one Jalen Daniels exciting play that happens seven points. But the rest, I think the defense is going to get OSC's offense in great field position constantly. Maybe create a turnover or two or three here and there. Get them in better position. Shane Ellingworth might just have a few passes here. They go for long plays. I think the run game is going to churn it out, and I think they're going to score a good amount of points. I think so, too. There's going to be no shortage of points on OSU's side. Uh, We'll see what happens with the Jayhawks this weekend. But we will have all that coverage for you this Saturday. Sadiq and I and the rest of the Okali crew will be covering this Kansas versus OSU game on Saturday. And we will get all that coverage to you. Visit us at Okali.com, at Okali on Twitter. That's all we have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in, as always, and have a great day.